The time now, 25 minutes to 9 on Radio Veritas. If you just joined us, a very warm welcome to you. And I have in the studio with me now Father Joseph Faulkner, my Dominican brother. Good morning, Joe. Good morning to you, Emil, and good morning to all your listeners. Thank you very much. It's so nice to have a real live a live uh, body in the studio with me here because normally I talk to people on the telephones and, you know, it's always far away, but it's nice to see you and to, to talk to you. Now, Joe, you're a very famous author. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that we celebrated 800 years of the Dominican's presence in the world and uh, we just heard the, the Jubilee song, actually, and Laudare Benedicere Predicare, which we played extensively on Radio Veritas. But we've also been in South Africa now for 100 years, and we are celebrating our centenary this year. In fact, on the 5th of August, we're going to be having our centenary gala dinner, mass, call it what you like, out in spring. So it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful occasion in springs on the 5th of August. But you've had the wisdom and the insight of looking ahead and saying, you know, we've been here for a hundred years. What was it like being a Dominican in the early years when we began in South Africa? And uh, you've gone into the history. You've done a lot of research. You've done a lot of work, not just in South Africa. You've gone to archives overseas and so on. Launch us into your book that you've just published, which is going to be launched this coming Saturday at half past 11 at the Paulines. Well, thank you very much, Emil. Yes, it's been a fascinating task. And what I discovered, of course, was that the church was so, so different when those early Dominicans came, different from what it is today. Mm. Today, if a priest comes to a place, there's a church standing there, there's a congregation there, there's money there, there's a house, there's a motor car. None of that existed when the early Dominicans came. Mm -hmm. What happened, you see, is that there'd been a gold rush Gold had been discovered here around Johannesburg in 1886. And at that time, there was one parish in the whole of the Transvaal, as it was then called, and that parish was in Pretoria. But just about that time, a bishop got appointed. And his job was to establish parishes. Now, Tens of thousands of people, perhaps hundreds of thousands of people, poured in because the world got fascinated by the thought of gold, gold, we can become rich. Mm. Let's go to, what's this place called? Johannesburg. My word, what a name. Anyway, they came in their thousands. Mm. And among them were Catholics. And so this poor bishop, Bishop Cox, had to establish churches. Now, the whole of South Africa, you might say, almost the whole of South Africa, was in the care of the Oblates of Mary Immaculate, and he himself was an Oblate of Mary Immaculate. But in 1914, the First World War broke out in Europe, and quite a number of Oblates of Mary Immaculate had to go back to their home countries to become military chaplains. So the few priests that he had got between 1886 and 1914 diminished in number. Mm. Suddenly he had a problem. And the OMIs, the Oblates of Mary Immaculate, agreed that he could apply to other religious congregations. And meanwhile, there'd been Dominican sisters here already. 
They came first, of course. The women always come first. <laughs> and so the Dominican sisters had also approached the bishop in Johannesburg and said, get some Dominicans. And what happened in the middle of the First World War, the bishop sent a letter to the Dominican provincial in England asking if he had any men to spare to send to Johannesburg. And, of course, he didn't have any men to spare because the Dominicans in England were also providing chaplains to the British Army. But one middle-aged Dominican, Father Lawrence Shapcott, volunteered. He was an academic. He knew nothing about parish work. He knew nothing about becoming a missionary. But he saw the need, and he volunteered. And he came out, and the bishop gave him the little parish that had just been started in Brackpan. Brackpan had become a town, but a small town. Mm. Sorry, not Brackpan. What am I saying? Boxburg. Boxburg. Yes. Brackpan and Springs weren't towns in those days. They were villages. But he came to Boxburg. And there was a little church there already. He had to live at the back of the church. He had no car, no money. He had to walk. He had to find parishioners. He had to walk to the various townships around Boxburg to meet the Indian people and the colored people and the black people. He did all that, this middle-aged academic man. And when he wasn't doing that, he sat in the church and translated the theological works of St. Thomas Aquinas into English. <laughs> Amazing man. All done in, in Boxburg. All done in Boxburg. My word. And, Emil, you will remember yes. that you and I used his translations I at Stellenbosch mm. when we were studying to be priests. It was the first English translation yes. of the works of St. Thomas Aquinas. Now I'm Aquinas. so accustomed to I do it in Latin now, you see. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> I still have my Latin somewhere, you know. So, yeah. eventually after the war, it was, that's 1918 now, some Dominicans came out to help him. And meanwhile, the Oermeyers had started building a little church in Brackpan, and the bishop immediately handed that over. And then the Dominicans bought property in Springs to establish a parish there. Mm -hmm. And that is the start of the whole thing, the gold rush that brought all these thousands of people. Mm. And there were lots of, lots of, uh, there was a lot of gold on the East Rand, in Springs particularly. The East Rand became the gold center of the world. Everybody thought it was going to become big, bigger than Johannesburg. Mm. It was where all the gold was being mined. There were, it was being mined. Right across the Vitvatisrand, as it was called, mm. right across to Krugersdorp and Ronfontein. But the big deposits were in the Springs Brackpan area. Okay, all right. Now, big deposits, were there many Dominicans that came out? No, 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 no. In 1920, I think there were three, and they grew to five by 1922. Mm. And these men struggled. They were not suitable, mm. except for Father Shapcott. It was wonderful. And by 1925, that, that group that came out after 1920 had all gone back to England, unhappy. Sure. But more were sent out in 1927. Mm. And these are the men that really got the place going. And there was one, 
I can call him a South African vocation. A lad who grew up where Benoni now is, met Father Shapcott, wanted to join the Dominican order, was mm. sent to England, and he came out in about 1927, and he became the first resident priest in Springs. Really? And who was that? Um, what was his name? Highlands. Seslos. Seslos Highlands. My goodness. So he would have been the first South African Dominican. Well, he was actually born in England, but uh, grew up in South Africa. Okay, all right, yes, yes. And um, I remember shaking his hand one day. He had terrible arthritis. Terrible arthritis. But how did he get that arthritis? Because when he came out, they were establishing the first little tin church in Springs, but he had to live in Brackpan mm -hmm. because there was no house. Mm -hmm. And he traveled every day from Brackpan to Springs on a bicycle. <laughs> and in rainy weather, in cold weather, and, and there's a note in our archive saying this is what ruined his health, this is what gave him arthritis. And he suffered all his life, mm. and it grew worse and worse and worse. Mm. I remember as a young Dominican, I, I met him for the first time, and I shook his hand. And I have a strong grip, and I, <laughs> I gripped his hand. He just about passed out, you know. He said, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Poor man. <laughs> Poor man, says Lewis, yes. Anyway, so, so you, you've dipped into the history of all these Dominicans and the situation at the time. W were the Dominicans involved only in parish work? Were they politically involved or involved in the whole area of justice, which everybody associates Dominicans with justice? I'm afraid not. That's a sad part of the story. They were so focused on building churches and starting a congregation. Mm. There was a terrible situation on the Vardisrand at the time. There was huge labor unrest. There was the 1922 revolt mm. in which a lot of people were killed. Mm. Uh, do you know, Emil, that the strikers, the white strikers who were striking on for, for racist reasons, mm. they were bombed by the South African Air Force and shelled by the South African artillery. Good Lord. It was really violent. It was a mini-war. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was going on. And it started, the strike started between Brackpan and Madoni on a mine there. Right. And spread throughout the East Rand and into the West Rand. And the priests don't seem to have been able to comprehend what was going on. Right, yeah. And there was terrible poverty. Hmm. Because while a few people were becoming extremely rich, the hmm. owners of the gold mines, hmm. The people who came were getting a low salary, and the black people who came were getting nothing. Mm. And they were the ones getting the gold out of the out of the, the grass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joe, you you. So it was your foresight to to produce this little booklet. What were some of the challenges that faced you in writing this book? The challenges, Emil, were that I had to find the records. I first went through the archives uh, in Springs. The mm -hmm. Dominican archives are kept in Springs, but not in a proper building. We don't have a proper archive room. They're just stored in a bedroom. And I had to go through that, and I found very little. And then I asked, could I go to the archives in England? Because these men who came out had obviously been writing letters 
back to their provincial in England. Mm. And so I was given a trip to England, and uh, I found the archives there, and I discovered these letters. Mm. And that's how I know they didn't take part in the social justice thing at all, because it's just not mentioned. Right. Just building the church, communities. Buying property. Yes, yes, yes. uh, yes. Trying to find money. Mm. Sure. So, so that was your research was trying to get the information, and that was particularly difficult. Were there any living sources you could have contacted? From 1917 to 1927? No, not really. I mean, I'm 84 years old, and and I did meet Father Cecil's Highlands, just like you did. And I did actually meet Lawrence Shapcott, the first one, when I was seven years old, and he was an old man. He spent his life here. He was retired. He was living in Springs at the church. And we had a house just opposite the church. Mm. And the presbytery was very primitive still then. In, in This is about 1941. It had no comfortable chairs. Mm. And he used to come across the road to our house, open the front door. In those days, you didn't lock your front door. He'd just walk in, and we'd find him fast asleep in our sitting room <laughs> on a comfortable <laughs> chair. And when I turned out, it was either seven or eight, I'm not sure which, he gave me a birthday present. I remember that. My word. What was that? Do you remember? Some stamps. I had just started collecting stamp, stamps. Stamp collection, yes. And he gave me some Mauritian stamps. Oh, my word. Okay. He was a great stamp collector. Great man. was another man that came out, um, uh, Father, he was the parish priest of Springs. Um, what was his name now? He went back to England. He died in England. Um, what did you know him for? What was he? Oh, he was. A, he, I think he started the parish of Springs, the the, the church. And he was. He, he told me if you stand on the steps and you look. Oh, over, Julian Bannister. Julian, Julian Bannister. That's when right. when Cecil's Highlands had to be taken away from Springs after a very short time because of his health had collapsed, mm-hmm. Julian Bannister, a new priest from England, took over Springs. Now, what was there? There was the Tin Church. Yes which had been built by the parishioners. Mm. It was a second-hand tin shed that that had been transported from a gold mine that was closing, and it got erected and became the church. It had a mud floor uh, and no facilities whatsoever, (laughs) and the priest had to live in it. And Julian Bannister came out, uh, Cecil's Highlands had just fixed up a bedroom at the back of the church. Mm-hmm. He had to occupy that bedroom. And many, many years later, I met him in England when he was an old man. Mm-hmm. And he started asking me about certain parishioners. By name, he could remember their names. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know any of those people. And then he said, well, you must know the so-and-so family. I'll tell you where they live. If you stand at the door of the church and he was thinking of the tin church and look across the open felt (laughs) in the towards the gold mine you'll see some houses they live in one of those houses (laughs) 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 well i burst out laughing because the gold mine is long since gone there's now a big civic center there and a car park and gardens and in between that and the tin church which we 
still have in Springs. Yes. It's the hall. In between the hall and, and the civic center, there's the huge, uh, what was the convent school, now Veritas College, mm, mm, uh, and their buildings. Yes, and yes. you can't even see the civic center. Yes, exactly, exactly, yes. Anyway, Joe, so you've now written this book, and I'm, I'm glad you've done it because you've put together all the, the riches of, of the beginnings of the Dominicans in, in, on the East Rand, certainly, between 1917 and 1927. Uh, so you've done the book. Were there any other challenges in writing this book that you think about? Um, not really. Once I had the research, mm. well, I just had to do the work. Right. And being retired myself, I was given time to do that. It's mm. taken me over a year right, okay. to do it. Well, well done. Congratulations on that. It's wonderful to know that we've got this book, and it looks good. People tell me it reads very, very well, and uh, and so I hope it's going to sell well as well. Well, I want to mention one thing. Yes. The role played by the people. Mm -hmm. Very often, the church was first built by the people, mm. not by a priest. Right. Priests came later. Um, in one case, on the East Rand, you could say it was the sisters who mm. established the parish. That was Benoni. Mm -hmm. uh, but in Springs and in Boxburg, uh, it was uh, the people who started it. Right, yeah. Actually put up a building first and gathered themselves together. And if a visiting priest came past, they'd have mass. Mm. And then in Brackpan, it was the people together with the OMIs mm. who built the first little church. Right. The only one that's still standing, of course, is the Springs one right. because it became the parish hall and it's a corrugated iron building and it is now <laughs> known as the small hall that's right, because yeah. there's a much bigger hall as well. Mm. And um, Well, that's, uh, that's, the, those are the, that's the beginnings of the Dominicans there now. So the book is available. We're going to launch the book this coming Saturday. Let's spend a couple of minutes just talking about that, cost of the book. The book was actually, I must really mention this, printed uh, free of charge by Jetline. Jetline, Mr. John Shalala of Jetline, has been so good, so generous in, in, in just uh, making this book available. And, uh, and I'm very grateful to him and Jetline because they've been so, so good to us. So yes, if you want indeed. any printing done, please support Jetline because they indeed. are so supportive. It's been printed very nicely. And it's being launched on Saturday, as you say, at half past 11 in the morning. And I would love people to come to the launch. Uh, our provincial will be there, Father Stan. And we're having a guest speaker, Father Paddy Noonan from Boxburg. Mm -hmm. And peri especially parishioners from Boxburg and Brackpan and Springs have all been invited. And... Uh, the the book is going to be sold at a special cheap price at the launch. Mm -hmm. It's being sold for 60 Rand right. at the launch. Okay. After that, it will be 100 Rand. Right. We've had some other costs, of course, mm. uh, and we're trying to recover those other costs. Well, uh, hopefully there are a limited number of books available. So if people do want the book, they really should should contact us in some way. But maybe the best thing is for people, if they are want, if they want to come to the launch, on Saturday, they should phone you. I'd like to know if they're coming because what I'm going to do this morning after I leave the studio now, Emil, is to go to the Paulines in Kensington and ask them to recommend a bakery or a supermarket where I can get some of the uh, muffins, I think, for people to eat when they have tea and coffee 
at the launch. Well, maybe somebody will phone us this morning and say, Father, don't worry, I'll supply all the muffins. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Radio Veritas listeners, there are wonderful people. We get everything for nothing at Radio Veritas. Anyway, so it's going to be this coming Saturday, the 29th, yes. half past 11. Half past 11. And it's in the hall. It's not inside the bookshop. Hmm. The hall of the Paulines is back-to-back -back with the bookshop, which means its entrance is in the other street. Other street, that's right. But it's on the corner of Queen Avenue yes, and, and, 11th. And, and 11th Avenue. Yes, that's right. So keep that in mind, and do come along, because we'd love to have you there, and it would be good to see uh, Father Joe there. He can sign your book that you're going to buy. 60 Rand, it'll cost you on the occasion, but after the launch, it's going to be 100 Rand. Thank you, Emma. And Joe, thank you so much indeed for sharing with us this morning. And once again, congratulations on the book. And uh, it's simply called The First Dominican Friars in Boxburg, Brackpan and Springs, South Africa, 1917 to 1927. And you've got pictures on the cover here of the old church. And you've got that's the that's the Brackpan old church. Yes, that's right. That's Father Lawrence Shapcott on yes. there. And that one is the provincial in England who sent him out. And the fourth picture is the Tin Church in the Springs. And the churches are still standing today. <laughs> yes. There we go. All right, Joe, we have to leave it there. Thank you very, very much for coming in and talking to us and just enlightening us on this wonderful book that you've written. And I do hope that it's going to sell very well and that people will find it interesting. If they want to contact you, what's your phone number? Um, I don't know it off my heart, Emil. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Now you're getting old, but here it is. Uh, here it is, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, cell number is 072-370-8743. I'll repeat it. 072-370-8743. There we go. And that's Father Joseph Faulkner. And he'd love to know if you're coming so that he can buy a muffin for you on Saturday. <laughs> Joe, thanks so much indeed, and enjoy the day, and thank you for coming in. Thank you very much for inviting me. Lovely to be here. Right, the time is now going on for 9 o'clock, and uh, it's time for me to say goodbye. Thank you to those of you who have bought tickets or sent SMSs uh, requesting tickets for the big draw that we have for the, um, uh, the, the pilgrimage in October. Remember, it's 250 rand a ticket, and the winning ticket, which will be drawn on the 30th, 31st of August, will entitle two people to go free of charge on this pilgrimage to Portugal and Spain. Well, wonderful prize, valued at more than 60,000 rand. So don't dilly-dally, do it, do it now. Pick up your phone and uh, give us a call right now. But thank you to those of you who have uh, sent in your SMSs this morning. Just a short prayer before we go. Father, we thank you for, for our, just as our grandparents, but for all those people who have gone before us. Today we've been talking about the Dominicans who came here a hundred years ago. and We thank you for the foundations that they laid. And many people listening to me now are in those particular parishes like Boxburg, Brackpan and Springs and Holuxdal and so on. And we thank you, Lord, for this contribution that the order has made in our country as we celebrate 100 years in this country. We thank you for our listeners who love us, who support us, who pray for us. Bless them all. May today be a wonderful day, a fruitful day, and may we always keep in mind that it's Jesus who has called us and chosen us and sent us out on a mission. Bless us as we go on our way, and may your special blessing come down upon us now, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, there we go. Time to go from Spiwe.
Tiso, Olundos put it all together, and from yours truly, Father Emil, goodbye and God bless.